This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Week 15 of the NFL is not even close to being in the books because of all the scheduling changes. Four games games left. Doubleheader tonight on Monday night. 5 p.m. kickoff between the Raiders and the Browns. And then the normal Monday night game, 8-15 rivalry game, Vikings and Bears. Throw the records out. What a great game that is. At least Justin Fields is playing. When the Bears were trotting out there on national TV and Andy Dalton was the quarterback, I was sick to my stomach. At least with Fields, you get some excitement out there. And then, of course, on Tuesday night, the Rams and the Seahawks do battle at 7 p.m. I'm mad about this. Running thing. parallel at 7 yeah, p.m. Like is the Washington football team. Why not make it a 5 o'clock kickoff? Eagles. Yeah, 5 and 8. Why not 5 and 8-15? I 8, love 15? that. I don't understand It's what it. you would have done on Saturday. That I was think, your plan on Saturday. Right, and I think that the reason, Jacob, why is the Saturday game that they moved was a nationally televised game anyway. So you just bump that to Monday and make it nationally televised all over again. Whereas the Seahawks, Rams, and the were supposed uh, football to be team Eagles was just a local regional and one some, one p.m. Sunday yeah. kickoffs, four p.m. for the Rams case, and they weren't nationally because tele- nationally televised game in the four o'clock slot was the Packers and the Ravens yesterday, and then the Steelers were the nationally televised game in the one o'clock slot yesterday. So. That's only prob- local markets. That's probably why they moved yeah. that. Um, but they, doesn't the NFL want money? And they will get money. I mean, we'll be watching the rain. I would guess that we'd get the Eagles and the football team right. here. I think everyone outside of – I think everyone east of, like, the mountain time time zone gets Philly, Washington. Washington. Everyone on, like, the west coast, like, from Denver over – Gets Seattle, LA. Now Rams, which kind of upsets me because I think the better game is going to be Seattle. See, LA. that might be the better game, but the game with more stakes is the sure, Eagles and the football team. Because those are the two teams fighting for the division crown. They're both. Six, or, sorry for the second the place wild in the card. Division, yeah. They're both six and seven. Uh, the Saints won yesterday to go to seven and seven, so they are currently in the seven seed. Uh, Vikings still have to play though. The Eagles still have to play, and the football team still has to play. So. At least since the Eagles and the football team play each other, at least one other team is going to be at 7-7 seven and seven with the Saints. So starting to finally maybe, maybe this is a week where we start to see a little bit of separation amongst that cluster group of teams sitting at that 7 spot. Um, the Niners won yesterday to go to 8-6, and six, so they're, they're really firmly grasping that 6 seed yeah. in the NFC. So it really looks to be like there's only one seed left up for grabs on that side, and Potentially, when there was about five or six teams vying for it heading into this week, there might only be two or three once this week is all said and done. How do you feel about that? I like it. I like to start narrowing these things down and seeing. I kind of, I kind of go in the opposite. I kind of want it to be as chaotic. No, because as it can be. I don't think Atlanta's any good at all. I don't want to see them in the no, playoffs. No, 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 no. I don't no. think Carolina is any good at all. I don't want to see them in the playoffs. I really don't know if I want to see the Saints in the playoffs, to be honest with you. Are you sure about that? I don't even know if I want to. The two teams out of that group that I want to see in the playoffs, I think, are the Vikings and the Eagles. I think those are the two teams that bring excitement and could make it an interesting football game in Yeah, the but first at that round. point, you still have five teams or four teams. Honestly, Tom, though, the one team you didn't mention, Seattle. They're so far. Five and eight. One loss back of the Saints. And if they beat the Rams tonight, they're, they're right there. Eight. I don't know. That's a big hole for and them to And I think they could beat of. the Rams tonight. 
that's a big hole for them to climb out of. They do have the Bears and the Lions at home after this Rams game, and then they finish up on the road against the Cardinals. If they want any shot, they got to win out and go to nine and eight. Yeah, I so think they could. I Russell Wilson wants to do it. Oh, does he? Does he want to win? That's breaking news. I didn't know that he wants to win football games. Wow. Well then, yeah. We've been talking all. We've been I think Seattle's going to be injury. the seventh seed. Then we've been talking since the injury that they just want to play spoiler to these teams down the line. Well, maybe they'll spoil themselves right into the playoffs. They, I think they possibly could. Would you think? Do you think they will though? They have to be. You got. I mean, they'll beat the Bears. You got to beat the Lions. So that gets you to at least a seven-win season. I like and how you they, said they'll beat the Bears, and then you went, you got to beat the Lions. <laughs> like the Lions were now I think the, the tougher Lions game. Were the tougher. I mean, luckily they're both in Seattle. The problem is both uh, NFC West teams that they'll play down the stretch are on the road, on the road in LA yeah. in Arizona. However, we don't. There is no home field advantage in LA. I think the the visiting team almost always gets at least forty percent of the attendance in there, if not more. In Arizona, we'll talk about them a little bit later. A little uh, slip up uh, this week against. Let's the Lions. talk about them right now. Okay. Easy segue there. The Lions beat the Cardinals in Detroit 30-12. to It wasn't even like a disgusting, low-scoring game where the Lions pulled it out by a field goal at the end, 15-12. to They whooped up on the Cardinals. At, at one point in the game, it was like, hold on one second, it was twenty. It was 24-6 to at one point. It was 27-6 yeah, to it was six at one point. Nothing at some point. They just absolutely beat beat on the Arizona Cardinals and look we've said it for weeks now because we were talking about the Jags and Urban Meyer him finally getting fired and that's a team that quit on their coach quit on the season we've said all year long the Dan Lions Campbell have not may quit. never like, Dan Campbell may be the coach for the Lions for the next 50 years he they do not quit for this no. guy they are all bought into Dan Campbell and playing hard for him and where does this win rank among all the upsets we've seen this year Ooh, ooh. So the the top dog has been Jags and Bills, right? Like I you'd think say so. that's probably the number one. And I think this has to surpass that because you we score seen thirty points. Like the Bills, real. I mean, the Bills have just won last or yesterday. I'm gonna say it's still the Bills and the Jags. For, no, I I disagree for this reason. A. The coach is well, well, well worse than Dan okay, Campbell is point. in Jacksonville. Right, the coach that coached the Jacksonville Jaguars is now off the team. B, the Bills losing to the Jaguars were, be, were because they couldn't muster 10 lousy points. They lost 9-6. Right, to, to 6. At least the Cardinals let them score 30 points, and it was like, well, man, they really kicked the crap out of us. It wasn't even like some weird fluke better. thing. So I get what you're saying because the Lions' record was worse than the Jaguars' record was, and the Cardinals were the number one team in the NFL when it happened, whereas the Bills have been in kind of a free fall ever since that point, really. But I still think I'd tip my cap to the Jets. Urban Meyer was such a joke of a coach. Oh, For him to beat you 9-6 to six is Probably just the worst coach we've seen. Ever in my life, in the NFL. Maybe. I mean, Freddie Kitchens was really close, but at least he made it an entire season. Like, they didn't even fire him halfway through the year. And it wasn't even like... The thing that's so funny about Urban, not to go off on an Urban tangent, though, is like, they were supposed to be awful this year. This wasn't a year where there was like, sure. oh, Trevor Lawrence is going to be Andrew Luck and go 10-7 and seven in his rookie season and make it to the playoffs. Like, They were supposed to win at just a handful of games. You just didn't want to be historically bad and go 0-18. You didn't do they that. Didn't. You, you won two football games, including one against a decent football team that you can hang your hat on. 
it wasn't that he was fired because of the results on the field. It was everything off the field, the vibe around the locker room, the way he was treating players, the way he was treating coaching staff. That's why he was fired. Then you look at the Lions. Same kind of boat. You weren't supposed to be good this year. You're in a rebuild year. You're 2-11-1. But there's no even, like, inkling of Dan Campbell being fired because they're doing everything they're supposed to. Improve every week. They're staying close. Improve every week, stay competitive, and beat a good team. I think they just beat, beat the, a good team. I think they beat the Falcons next week too. Uh, lines on a little winning streak down the stretch here, but they beat a good team. They can look at that two eleven and one record. They and tied. Say, they, they 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 tied with a a playoff decent team. team maybe? It took a uh, a record setting field goal attempt to beat to be beaten by another right. AFC North team. So there's a lot of things in the off season when Dan Campbell goes into the Ford's office, the ownership group, and and sits down with his end of the season meeting, and he can say. We have a lot that we still need to do to become a competitive football team, but we have at least some foundation being laid into place here. Whereas in Jacksonville, there was there is nothing being laid for the future. Detroit has some things starting to work for them. The Jags have just been a dumpster fire all year long. And, and I, I think that's why a team like the Lions – can't just be written off down the stretch. Or you were talking about Seattle. Meh. They they will beat the Bears. They should beat the Lions. It, I don't think that that's egregious for you to have that kind of a feeling because Steelers fans know firsthand this is a team that will show up and play not every given Sunday. They've been blown out a couple times this year. But they but can. But most of the time they're going to give you a really solid effort. And they're going to run the ball and they're going to play defense. And they were going to try to win for their coach. And – they're doing this without their best offensive player, DeAndre Swift. Keep that in mind as well. They put up 30 points without him. That's a team I really, if I was a young quarterback in this draft class, normally get to Detroit death sentence. I don't know if I'd be that upset about it right now. Okay, so here's my... I think Almond Ross St. Brown's going to be a pretty decent wide receiver. Here's too. a question for you. Um, Are we pro-Detroit all of a sudden? No. Jim Caldwell got fired. For being the best coach maybe in decades in Detroit. The problem with Jim Caldwell is I don't think he had the capability that Dan Campbell has to win over a locker room. Well, their personalities couldn't be farther from. Jim exactly. Caldwell looks Jim like a Caldwell walking corpse. Jim is about as charismatic as this vanilla, box of yeah, Lysol in right, front of exactly. us right now. There's nothing to him. But he was a good coach. I mean, think about it. In his first year, he took Peyton Manning to the Super Bowl. He's a good coach, but he wins you games with the X's and O's and the schemes and that. Dan Campbell wins you games by bursting through walls like sure. the Kool-Aid man and being like, we're going to kick the crap out of this team. And that's the kind of coach I think I'd lean towards more. And you would ra- yeah, that's the point I was trying to make. The motivator. The motivator. Uh, not Caldwell. You'd rather play under Campbell than Jim Caldwell. The ironic thing is the fact that Jim Caldwell got fired the year after he took the Lions to the playoffs. <laughs> that just shows... That, <coughs> excuse me, that makes me have, uh, that makes me worried for Dan Campbell. That, is, that his days are numbered, even though he'll be back ownership. next year. Because of the ownership, because of the front office and that franchise, they don't know what to do when they have a good thing. I, I can't believe we're saying this, but we kind of think Dan Campbell's a decent coach, don't we? I don't think that's egregious of us. To say. I don't think we're the only ones saying it. No, I think that everybody's kind of noticing this team not quitting so far. Uh, let's look at some of the AFC action from the weekend. The Bills got a win over the Panthers to get to 8-6. and six. That's significant for the Steelers because they 
are trying to catch the Bills for one of those wild card spots and have a tiebreaker over the Bills with the win over them in week one. So that's good for them. The Dolphins made it six straight victories on Sunday, beating the New York Jets. They went from one and seven to seven and seven now. They are right in the mix, firmly there. I think they're the only team in NFL history to be able to do that. Now, they go to New Orleans on Monday Night Football between two seven and seven teams this coming this coming Monday. If the Dolphins can sneak by the Nolan Saints in New Orleans, they'll be eight and seven with games against the Titans and the Patriots left on their schedule. Obviously, those aren't winnable games, or I don't want to say they're not winnable games. Those aren't games you expect them to win, but they are winnable games. The mm-hmm. Dolphins already beat the Patriots this season, in fact. Yeah. Okay. Do you chalk? Considering they started one and seven, do you chalk that up to one of the bigger upsets this year? No, because I Week I've one. long since said I think this six game winning streak Dolphins team is a lot closer to the six game lose or the seven game losing streak Dolphins that we saw earlier in the year. So I, well, I chalk okay, that well up. Then, then 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 what happens if they start seven and one and they are now seven and seven? Then I would think that they're a bad team and yeah. that they've collapsed. But it's all about what you've done for me lately. And I also chalk up that win against the Patriots to Mac Jones' first game ever. First game ever. First game ever. I mean that's wasn't it in New England. I don't know. If it was and the Dolphins get them at home at the end of the year, it was in New England. They have to go to Miami for the I mean that that matchup. does nothing. That oh, I have to go to Miami. I have to play I have to play nice weather bop, like bop, bop, bop. clear weather football in December. I'm just going to say Brady used to struggle down in Miami from time to time. It's happened. Yeah, it's been, we've it's been we, known we remember happen. the Miami miracle when Belichick thought he was out Belichicking everyone by putting Gronk in the secondary. God, he got toasted so hard by <laughs> Kenyon Drake, I think it was. I don't know. It, it was, was Kenyon Drake. Uh, so the Dolphins are right in the mix, but I think they dug themselves too much of a hole. And they're not going to win out between the Titans, the Patriots, and even I don't. They, I don't even know if they'll beat the Saints on on Monday Night Football. Being in New well, Orleans, well, I think they, I think they could. Yeah, and all I, winnable games. I think they could beat the. Well, I don't know about the Patriots. You don't I think, think the that Patriots could be winnable? Really one? Good. I think the Titans are, is a winnable game too. Oh, I think the Titans aren't anywhere near the level that they are at the beginning of the year. No. The Derrick Henry injury, I think, is all the way caught up to them, their offense. And A.J. Brown being out is a huge problem for them, right. too. And now you're without A.J. Brown. I mean, Julio Jones really isn't great, but now you're down You have to no your, weapons. Yeah, you have no one. I mean, let's not – I mean, should we should we be so quick to make that judgment when Hilliard and Foreman combined for over 200 yards on the ground? Yeah, because it was against the Steelers. That's a good point. <laughs> I'm sorry, Steelers Nation. That's, but that's just the, that's the, the current status of your rush defense right now. Uh, four o'clock window, the Bengals and the Broncos played a game that was an affront to football everywhere. It ended 15-10. to 10. At one point in the red zone, I heard uh, we were working, so I obviously couldn't watch it, but I heard someone say that uh, Chris Hansen said that he's he apologized to the public for not showing much of the Bengals and the Broncos game because it was just being played between the 20s. Like, there was just there was no, no red zone move. action. It was, it was very similar to, and unfortunately, we had to see that game unfold on Sunday Night Football because the Saints and Bucks did nothing offensively either. But, yeah, I mean, there was no reason to tune into that game. Except if you're the Steelers and you need right. – well, you needed both teams to lose, but I think you would have preferred the Bengals to drop that one because yes. I think the North is the easier path than the wild Because I think card. now with the Bengals having your season sweep over you – it, the team to catch right now, if you're the Steelers, is the Bengals. Right. The only team you can't control your own destiny against. Right. You got the Browns and the Ravens. That's easy stuff. You can do, you can do I that. I think you can beat those two teams. And it helps you when you beat – like 
you control your own destiny by beating those two teams. The Bengals already swept your ass, and you got no chance to get them back for it. Broncos dropped the game. They dropped back to 7-7. Seven and seven. You're 7-6-1. Seven, and one. You're already ahead of them already in the standings, right. but you also have the tiebreaker over the That's Denver Broncos. putting so you behind them. You're in front of Denver right now. Oh, you are? Yeah, 7-7, 7-6-1. Okay. Seven and seven, seven, oh, six they're 7-7. Seven and seven. I yeah. was thinking they were 8-6. No, so you're in front of Denver. They would have been 8-6 had they beaten the Bengals. Sure. It's time for the Broncos to just go away already. <laughs> like... No one wants the Raiders and no one wants the Broncos to be a part of this thing. Can you just go? I, you know what, Tom? I get that, but I bet you people are saying the same thing about the Steelers. They're saying the I same. I was going to think the same thing. I was thinking the like, same thing. Like, no one thing. has the respect for the Pittsburgh No Steelers. one wants to see them. The only a... thing they respect is the logo. Yeah. I... Like, they've, they've been here before, done it before, but it, it's been a long time and they're not good this year, so why are they still staying in the thick of things? I guess the only thing I would argue against that with is you'd have that Ben Roethlisberger swan song kind of... Yeah, but it's it. still you know they're not that great. They're not it's, that it's great. It's like it's like when Denver had Peyton Manning. We know how bad Peyton Manning was that year. The guy was completing like five passes per games at a certain point of the season. They were bringing in, they were starting Brock Osweiler over Peyton Manning. They benched him for right, Brock Osweiler. Right. Like it wasn't but, even an injury. But the thing. defense was so good. So good. That All that's world status. why they kept it in. Packers beat the Ravens 31-30. to We kind of touched on that game a lot in a previous episode we did, but uh, furious comeback from the Ravens, fall short with Harbaugh trying to go for two again and missing it, so the Packers get a big win. You know, yeah, we debated and disagreed about Harbaugh going for two uh, in an episode we did earlier, so if you want to check that out, you can uh, wherever you get your podcasts or at Steelers.com, but we will agree with this. That's exactly the kind of result you want if you're a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. The Packers getting the job done and beating up against the Ravens now. The Green Bay Packers are really one of your best friends for the rest of the season here because they beat the Ravens, knocked them down to 8-6. and six. Now they got the Browns on Christmas Day next Saturday. So if they can beat the Browns, they're doing you a lot of favors as far as this division race is concer- concerned. So the Packers... Go for the sweep of the AFC North on Christmas Day against the Browns. They already beat the Bengals. They beat the Steelers and beat the Ravens. So pretty impressive when you think about all four teams being over 500 and all four teams being or all four potentially losing to the Packers. And I'm going to just say all four losing to the Packers because I don't see Rodgers losing. The only thing is, do you see that game being played on Christmas Day? Um, based on the Browns having to move their game up this week to Monday and it being a short week already. On Saturday, right? I don't know if I see them potentially maybe being like, give the Browns a break and move the game to Sunday and just give them that extra day off. So I hope that that's not the case. I want that Christmas Day doubleheader, but I can see the point people make where it might get moved. But again, I think we lose the, the worst game here. You think Colts Cardinals is the Colts Cardinals is a far better game because the Colts fighting to stay in the playoffs and you have the Cardinals fighting to keep a hold of their division for that national kind of scope. I agree with you, but but you you're more focused. We need to focus on the Browns because that's the AFC. But even so, if the game happens on time, if the Browns are fully healthy, I still see the Packers winning that game. Saints and Buccaneers on Sunday Night Football was just a gross game to watch. Like I said, nine to nothing. Like I said, we didn't really see if you were watching Red Zone, you didn't see any of the Bengals Broncos game. If we were Saints forced Buc- to watch if this Saints game, Buccaneers was a four o'clock game, one o'clock game. You would not have seen a single second of that game. Tom Brady gets shut out. Tom Brady first time in uh, sixteen years. Oh my god! I was in fifth grade. Oh my god! 
You were in sixth, sixth grade. grade. Oh my god, he's a freak. Nine nothing to the Saints. What is it with the Saints? Since joining Tampa Bay, he's one and four against the Saints. Yeah, one win in the playoffs. In the playoffs course. to go on, <laughs> on to go on and win a Super Bowl. On the road in New Orleans to go on to win a Super yeah. Bowl. He was swept in the regular season last year. He was swept in the regular season this year by the New Orleans Saints. That defense has some formula to play him well. I'm not sure exactly what it is, but you don't beat Tom Brady nine to nothing. Like that yeah, just, just never don't. happens. But is it in the entire it time? Even, weren't you it, watching that game thinking when it was six nothing the whole time? Like Brady's going to score a touchdown in about three seconds. Every time they got yeah. the ball, like every time that the Saints yeah. had to punt, I was like, "Well, here's the touchdown." Okay, well then here's the touchdown. Does this hurt at all his MVP yeah, chances? I think so. I don't know, Tom. I really don't know. I think Rodgers is the front runner right now. Hmm. Rodgers goes into Baltimore, throws 23 for 31 for 268 yeah, and three he's touchdowns. Playing, he's playing out I of his mind. I can't even say his best football because we've seen him play better. It's just the fact that he's playing this level of football at age 38. But the reason why Brady has been in this thick of things for the MVP race is because he's playing good football other than this past week. At age 44, is he 44? Is he 54? Who knows? I mean... He's playing great. I will say this, though. He needs you know, the timing of an offense, and he needs the players around him more than he ever has in his career, though. Like he, yeah. he, He's still great, don't get me wrong, but I don't know if the improvisational and his ability to just a play broke down, F it, AB down there somewhere, I'm going to chuck it. Is, I don't know if that's still part of his game. I think he's very – I think he's as formulaic as he ever has been but no one is as good as following a formula or executing an offense like Brady is, even at this advanced age. Um, so I, I think that, yeah, you lose a little bit of his flair and dr- dramatic, but, I mean, he's still top five, top three, maybe even the best quarterback in the NFL right now. Um, I'd say he's top three. Browns. I'd, who, who would you put? I'd say it's Mahomes it's is probably Rogers, number one. Or Rodgers is probably one. Mahomes is probably two. Brady's probably three in my mind right now. Mahomes, as of the last two weeks, when they've put up 40 points in each of these games. Even when he was struggling, you would have taken But you can't, you couldn't say right like right now. Like at, at, before that game, like what he, he beat the Raiders and the Broncos. Before those two games, you couldn't say right now Mahomes is a top three quarterback. But right now, I can't. I still would have said it just because he's my own. Right now, I can't. And then he beat the Chargers, right? So he is on this three-game winning streak where he's putting up 30 points a game against the Chargers. He put up 40 points in each of the Raiders and Broncos games. Right now, okay, it's fair to say Mahomes is up there. Raiders-Browns tonight, 5 o'clock kickoff on the NFL Network. A little matinee before the Bears and the Vikings. You feeling like the Browns might fall against the Raiders in this one tonight? A little COVID problem for the Browns rise up? It's tough. It's in Cleveland, you said? It's in Cleveland. The Browns are still a three-point favorite despite all of the problems that they have. The Raiders are just a bad team. But it's Nick Mullins versus Derek Carr. So you kind of give the advantage to Derek Carr in that situation. You would have to, right? Does Kevin Stefanski pull a weird thing where he just steps away from Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb? That's the question you have to ask. And throws with Nick Mullins. Right. I hope not. Kind of like how Dalvin Cook was a non-factor in the second half against the Steelers. Why Why was... um? Why? Wow, I'm just blanking on the Minnesota head coach name. 
Um, Mike Zimmer. Why was Mike Zimmer completely neglecting Dalvin Cook in the second half and, and saying, I don't know. Kirk Cousins, go do me a favor and beat the Steelers. I don't know. I don't know why these coaches get away from their bread and butter so much, but I don't think the Browns have an option to get away from their bread and butter. Like, in this credit, game. credit, uh, Mike Vrabel for just sticking with Deontay Foreman and, and Dontrell Hilliard all game long, even though there were turnovers galore. He still didn't say, like, okay, I ran for this many yards in the first half. I'm not going to try it again in the second half. Even when it was 19-13 to in the final drive that the Titans had that ended in the Hayden tackle, he ran the ball with Foreman a couple times, and he got good yardage with them. So, yeah, they didn't even drop away from that run, whereas— And they used him in the passing game, too. They need, All these coaches need to tap into their inner Vrabel a little bit more. You know what? It, it, it shouldn't shock anyone that Vrabel's this good of a coach. He played under Mike. T- he played under Mike Tomlin. He played under Bill Cowher, and then he played under Bill Belichick. Could you really it's ask two pretty for, good bills? To play could you for. really ask for two better coaches to play under since the turn of the century? I don't, I don't think, think so. I, I know he played in the Steelers in the '90s, but since around that time, are those those are two of the best coaches in, in football since that time, right? Especially if you're a defensive guy, I think. Or or let me rephrase that. If you're a guy that wants to get into coaching, too. Like, I think mm-hmm. those are two guys to really yeah. model yourself I after. mean, you play on defense, and you play on two of the best defenses in the last 30 years. Yeah, won three Super Bowls with the Patriots. Like, yeah. You yeah. get you, – you make significant playoff runs in, when in you're Pittsburgh. in Pittsburgh. Yeah. You made it all the way to, I think, the AFC Championship game in your, your rookie season. So I still think the Browns are going to win tonight, though. I think they're going to get to 8-6. and six. All four teams are going to have six losses in the AFC North. Three will have eight wins. One, the Steelers, will have seven wins. I don't know if we've ever seen a division this tight down the stretch um, with all four teams having a stake to it. I, I think that there's obviously been divisions where three teams might have been you know, a hat in the ring for this kind of thing, but all four teams still alive right now? It's could have never imagined that happening at the beginning of the year, mm-hmm. even though we thought this would have been a really good division at the beginning of the year. But I think the Bengals surprised a lot of people. Yeah, they being do. that fourth team in this equation, they do. I mean, I did not expect this division to be a four-team race. I thought it was going to be a two-team race with just the Browns and the and the Ravens uh, battling for the division, and the second-place team gets in as a wild card. But I had said earlier this episode that oh, do the Steelers get in as a seventh seed? They have to play the two seed. I guess I was being too optimistic. I don't know if the I don't know if the North gets two playoff teams. I don't know if the North gets two playoff teams either. It's probably AFC North or, or bust. bust. That'll do it for this episode of the Steelers Standard. Thanks, as always, for giving us a listen. For Jacob Rectum, Tom Opperman, and we'll be back again later this week with a fresh batch of episodes for you guys. So keep an ear out for that, and we'll talk to you next time.